In this episode, I'll talk about curiosity and why it has such a big impact on your horse's trainability and willingness to learn. You may be wondering if I'm referring to your or your horse's curiosity, and I guess you'll just have to listen to find out. So here we go, episode 145, Curiosity. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. Curiosity is more important than knowledge, yet it's so easy to knock the curiosity out of horses or ourselves. Self-criticism and comparison to others and fear of failure are really effective ways to shut down our own curiosity. And we kill it in horses by taking away their freedom to explore, or worse, by punishing them when they try to. And think of all the things that horses aren't allowed to do or touch or play with. Think of how few choices they have, especially ones in more traditional horse stables. You know, they're led on a short lead from the stall to the arena, to the wash stall, to the stall. Yet training is problem solving. It's, it's about not knowing the answer and then figuring out the answer. And curiosity plays such a big role in that process. I mean, that's at least how I want my horses to learn. The extreme opposite of that would be, you know, a robot (laughs) just programmed in. Don't think, don't look left or right, just do the task. Now, of course, the extreme on the other side is horses who Uh, have no rules or boundaries. They just grab everything in their mouths that they want to. They step on everything they want to. They go wherever they want to because they want to. Now, there's a place in the middle where horses are living in this crazy human world we live in where a curious horse can still understand boundaries. They can be interrupted if they're going to step on something that they shouldn't or that's not safe. And horses that can agree with ideas that are different than theirs, because after all, they're not out in the wild. They're in our human world because we put them there. So we need to educate them. And I believe there's a place in the middle where horses can do what you ask them when you ask them, yet still be expressive and curious and engaging. And best yet, that they're expressive and engaging because they are curious and they're trying to figure stuff out. So I was I was cleaning a cabinet in my office the other day, and there's a place where I keep a lot of magazines with articles that I wrote. Um, so 
I was looking through just the different magazines and different articles and figuring out, okay, what are the magazines that don't have articles about me in them and which do and, you know, trying to declutter a little bit. Uh, but I still, I do love to hang on to um, the actual hard copy of the magazines where I've written articles. And I came across um, this one in Equine Wellness Magazine. Equine Wellness is an awesome magazine. Shout out <laughs> to Equine Wellness. I used to write a lot of articles for them and contribute um, different longer or shorter segments for them. And uh, it's on curiosity. And so I, I was looking at it and I thought, I can't believe I haven't done a podcast <laughs> on this subject. I mean, this is such a huge subject. I, I think I've talked about curiosity woven into lots of other subjects because it's kind of integral <laughs> to everything I do. But I wanted to use this as an excuse to kind of dedicate this entire pod episode to curiosity. So I thought what I do um, is is kind of go through this article with you Uh you know, it's nice when I pick up stuff that I've written. This is from like six years ago. Uh, and I picked it up. I'm like, oh, I wonder what I said. <laughs> I wonder what I said about curiosity. So I was being curious. And uh, it's fun when I pick something up and I go, dang, I did a good job on that. Because <laughs> it's not a super long article. So I had to be really um, concise. So that it's actually a, a fun mind experiment when you have a limitation on how many words you can use it causes causes one to organize one's information uh as opposed to this podcast where i can blabber on and on for as long as i want anyway so i thought i'd share this article and uh, it's called training your horse how curiosity plays a part um all right so we shall begin and I'm sure I'm going to interject stuff as we go. So uh, nurturing curiosity in your horse is the quickest way to build confidence, dissolve frustration, and solve problems in training. And this is true for you, too, as the one training and working with your horse. A curious mind is a mind that's asking questions. The brain loves to be right. So when you ask it a question or encourage it to ask questions, it will find an answer. So the key is to ask high quality questions of yourself and your horse. So the opposite of curiosity is mental disengagement, apathy, indifference. And in that state, it's kind of impossible to solve a problem. And that's gonna to lead to frustration, boredom, or assumption. I mean, if you're sure that things are never going to change or improve, why bother even trying? And if you assume you already know what's going to happen, you can become, you know, committed to the inevitable. <laughs> and so it's difficult to change behavior and outcomes. And it's almost guarantees that the problem will persist. So this is what I call a downward, downward spiral. And that downward spiral of, well, it's not going to, I'm not curious, so it's not going to change. It's just going to be the way it is, which makes me, you know, which makes it not change, which makes me feel like, see, I knew it, it wasn't going to change, which makes me less curious. You know, that's the downward spiral. <laughs> but that downward spiral can be changed in an instant if you can shift to a state of curiosity by asking high quality questions. 
in an instant. <laughs> I tell you, it's true. So you can think of a time when you were really frustrated by a problem that you were having, perhaps with your horse, since this is a horse podcast. <laughs> Chances are your brain was saying some version of, oh, this is impossible. I'm terrible at this. Or, oh, he just never picks up the correct lead. You know, committed to the inevitable. He just never picks up the correct I can never do this. I'm terrible at this. But what if instead you asked a high quality question such as, what's one thing I could do a little better today? Or what else could I try to help him pick up that lead? I guarantee your brain is now tasked to come up with an answer and it loves to be right. And it will come up with a higher quality answer to that higher quality question. And here's where I'll interject. I know that sounds really hokey, right? Change in an instant, just ask a high quality question. Because I know when we're in a state, if we're in a state where we're feeling like, oh, this stinks, I really am terrible at this, it's, I'm never gonna get this. When we're in that state of mind, you know, it's really hard to make yourself, you know, hey, ask a high quality question. And if somebody came along and said, hey, you should ask a high quality question, you might want to like <laughs> smack them. <laughs> so, but here's the thing, you can fake it. You can just grit your teeth and smile and go, okay, I'm going to ask myself one of those stupid high quality questions because Karen told me to. And even if you do it like that, you're like, okay, what's another thing I could try to help him pick up that lead that he never picks up? Nope, don't put that part in. What's another thing I could try to pick up? And you know, you just by asking it, even if you're not really feeling it, you've still asked it and your brain's gonna think, well, I don't know, what else could I try? <laughs> so it does change things immediately even if you're only faking it and you um, don't really feel like it's you're being real. So <laughs> this is why curiosity and confidence go together. If you train yourself to become curious, you will become more confident. And here's why. When you ask yourself a question, it's implied that you think you're the one who can come up with the answer and you will come up with the answer. So it's kind of an instant confidence builder. What else could I do to help him with that lead? You know, well, I could change how I'm positioning myself. I could do it in a different place. I could get a buddy of his and let the buddy take off in front of him. And then I'll probably counter, you know, <laughs> whatever it is, you've just come up with a solution that you hadn't thought of before there's one drop into the confidence bucket. And that, that cycle of you asking a question, finding an answer, even if that answer doesn't work, maybe you need to find another one, go through the process again, you will find an answer, you will make progress, you'll at least find out something else that doesn't work, that's progress. And that's gonna start making you more confident which will make you more curious and feeling better about asking more questions, which will give you more solutions, which will give you more confidence. And that's what becomes an upward spiral of success instead of the downward spiral into <laughs> 
commitment to the inevitable stuff that's not going to work. So you want to form this habit of asking high quality questions, even if you don't feel like doing it, make yourself do it. And, you know, you can write this down and, you know, stick it in your pocket. If you feel like this is a, um, a pervasive thing, a chronic problem with yourself that you get out there, you try something, it doesn't work, you get stuck, you get frustrated, you down on yourself and you, you know, <laughs> you can't pull yourself out of the downward spiral. Put a little note in your pocket, ask high quality questions. And um, I thought I'd give you a few examples of high quality questions that you can get in the habit of asking yourself in order to happily move through difficult moments. So questions that you can ask yourself. What's one thing I could improve right now? How could I be clearer? What's working well? So I love those questions for lots of reasons. What's one thing I could improve right now? Pick something. It doesn't even have to be related to the actual problem you're having. Sometimes the best training decision is to stop working on the thing that's not working and pick something else. Pick one of the ingredients of that thing you're working on, or just change the subject and go, you know, today's just not the day to work on this, but here's something I could improve. So what's one thing I could improve right now? It'll help you pick a small piece that you know you can be successful at and then be successful at it. That is worth it. That's wise training. All right, the other question, how could I be clearer? That's always going to yield you better results. Sometimes we need to be clearer in our own minds. What are we picturing? Sometimes it's like, what do you, what do you, what's going to, what's success going to look like? We've talked about that before. And if you're like, uh, I don't know, <laughs> I'm actually not sure what this is supposed to look or feel like. Well, take a minute to get clear on that. And of course, how could I be clearer to my horse? You know, how are you asking? Is there a way you could be clearer? Is there anything you're doing that's conflicting or confusing? Right? How could I be clearer? And then the third question is, is something everybody can ask because it's, um, you don't have to do anything more. It's just what's working well. Something wasn't terrible. <laughs> there was something you did with your horse that at least wasn't terrible and probably was working pretty well. And don't judge it like, well, this is working well, but ah, that doesn't really matter. You know, yeah, it does. <laughs> because sometimes the best way to move forward and to progress through the difficult things is to find the things that are working well, focus on those and build on those. Start with what's working. All right, so write those down. What's one thing I could improve right now? How could I be clearer? And what's working well? Stick those in your pocket. Now, I talk to my horses a lot. And so I have questions that I could ask my horse. And these are really powerful. If you're asking your question, <laughs> asking your question a horse, if you're asking your horse a question, implied in there is that you'd like to know the answer. So I love the idea of asking my horse a question because it just puts me in a spirit of partnership, you know, and yeah, we're pretending that they can understand English and we're pretending that we can understand what the heck they're saying back to us. 
But, you know, hey, let's pretend for a little bit. But put yourself in that perspective of, I'd like to ask my horse. And here's three questions you can ask your horse. How can I help you with this? What do you need to know? And what else could you try? So I love these questions. I ask this, I ask these all the time to my horses, like, hey, how can I help you with this? And again, we're just, we're not anthropomorphizing. We're not, you know, claiming to be able to read their minds, but I'll bet you, you'll come up with an answer of, of something you know your horse needs help with. You know, it might be like, how can I help you with this? And the horse will be like, could you just do that at the posting trot? <laughs> be easier. So if something like that pops into your mind, be like, eh, good idea. Or could we just go outside the arena? I'll be much more inspired outside the arena. So I bet you, if you ask your horse, how can I help you with this? You'll get an answer. The question, what do you need to know? Super question. What do you need to know? There might be a piece that's not working with your horse because you haven't taught him something yet. There's a piece that there's an educational piece that he's like, I I have no idea what you mean when you do that. (laughs) Like, I, I just don't know what you mean when you do that. So, you know, what do you need to know is just a nice way of, feels like a helpful question in a good spirit. And then the third question, what else could you try? So that's sometimes when I'm, I'm talking to my horse and they're not getting it and, you know, they haven't found the answer. And, and a lot of times I set up a puzzle where I'm not just controlling them through the answer, but I want them to experiment and to try to figure it out and see if they can, you know, decide and choose the answer. So if they're not finding it, instead of saying, you know, in my mind, something like, you dummy, (laughs) why don't you just do this? I might say, what else could you try? Because I want my horses to try different things and know that they're not going to be punished for trying. And they can try this and try that and all kind of play the warmer, colder game of like, yeah, yeah, something more like that. Or no, I wouldn't go that way. And uh, so I, I love that question because it gives them some responsibility. And it reminds me that I want them to be experimenting and trying. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are gonna be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before, so it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one-week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now 
back to the pod. Horses are very curious by nature, and I believe they really do want to figure out what we are asking of them. Unfortunately, if we don't make a point of nurturing their curiosity, it's possible to train it right out of them. And we do this by not allowing them to ask and explore questions of their own. So questions that you want your horse to be asking are things like, what's that? Where are you? What are we doing? How about this? Where are we going? Did I get it right? Is that the answer? Those are the questions of a horse with a curious mind who's wanting to figure out what you're doing. If a horse is feeling not curious or frustrated or afraid of something, he's going to zone out or freak out or act out. And in those states, he's not really mentally engaged with us. And when a horse is in that state, you're going to need to use then more techniques for control. And control may get you temporarily (laughs) through a difficult moment, but triggering curiosity is what's going to actually solve the problem. And so many people end up with horses who are not engaged mentally, and so they need techniques for control. The techniques for control kill the curiosity even more, which makes them use more techniques of control because the horse isn't really thinking with you. When a horse is feeling safer and calmer, he'll start to investigate what it was he was afraid of. And then you've, you've all seen this, they're afraid of something and then they ultimately touch it with the nose if you give them the opportunity. And then, so you see a horse, he's like snorting, he's looking, he's snorting, he's looking, he ends up approaching, whoop, gotta retreat again, approach, 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 retreat, approach, snort. (laughs) And eventually they'll often touch it with their nose. And then how often have we seen a horse go sniff, sniff, oh, and like immediately they kind of melt and go calm and they go, oh, it's just a dumb chair. (laughs) I knew that. So it's important to allow that whole process. This is what helps the horse gain confidence in themselves. And horses are so often reprimanded for putting their noses on things or investigating their surroundings. I mean, there's a lot of expensive stuff that we don't want them putting in their mouths. I met a horse that was really nervous in the barn and I observed him pawing anxiously while on the cross ties. And I took him off the cross ties and he immediately went to sniff at the wall beside him where there was some equipment hanging. But the owner reflexively blocked and reprimanded him. That bridle is expensive. And I suggested she just watch for a moment and added that if he went to chew on the bridle, we, you know, we'd take the bridle away. But he sniffed it and then turned around. And as I followed him, he spent about five minutes sniffing and investigating everything on the wall behind him. And then he turned back around and sighed and relaxed. I dropped the lead rope and he stood really quietly where just minutes ago he had been anxious and pawing. His owner had never allowed him to answer the question, what is that? (laughs) We also want our horses to be asking questions about their training and we need to be able to answer them. So many training methods are based purely on control. And we can build the horse's confidence by allowing him to make choices and explore several options in order to discover the answer. 
So focusing on targeting and rewarding effort and a willingness to try something rather than just the end results. So for example, instead of trying to keep your horse on the rail with strong aids and inside legs and keeping that rein and shoulder blocked, you can focus on the rail and then allow him some freedom to choose where he wants to go. And if and when he comes off the rail, you steer him back and then allow him freedom again. This will create a puzzle for him. It'll cause him to ask the question, wait, what are we doing? Where are we going? How about this? Is it okay if I come over here? And eventually he's going to start figuring out that staying on the rail, which is where you're focusing, is actually the most comfortable, you know, easiest line to choose. And so how different would it be to have a horse that chooses to stay on the rail because he's asked the question, what are we doing? Where are we going? Instead of saying, well, that horse always falls in, so you've always got to keep your leg on. This act of having to figure something out will engage his curiosity and result in a more confident horse. Now, if the horse has no sense of choice, he'll stop being curious and communicative and instead will helplessly disconnect from the process. He could eventually stop trying altogether, and unfortunately, I've met plenty of horses like that. Even if what, what he offers isn't immediately what you want, allow him some room to investigate his options. So how curious are you? Are you listening, thinking, ah, that won't work? <laughs> or are you wondering, huh, I wonder how this could help me? <laughs> if you need help being more curious, start by wondering. You may be surprised at how the trait of curiosity can help your horse and you. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book, you can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process. <laughs>